Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. I mean, you don't even have to go to the end of the Bible. Just go back to the Old Testament. And people say, you know, look at what happened in the Old Testament. I can't believe in a God who sent the Israelites in to slay the Canaanites women and children and men and families well they had committed sin God owns it all and guess what he is a lawmaker it's his kingdom you may not agree with him but that's the way it is reaching up high with arms open wide we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and Over the course of history, God has taken action and made decisions that would cause our human minds to ask a lot of questions. Today, Pastor Ed encourages listeners that the Lord is always in control and that we can trust His sovereign plan. It's easy for us to justify God's decisions with what would be right according to man's eye. We must adopt the humility necessary to forfeit our own desires and conclusions and rely completely on God. Jesus is coming back and wants His people to be ready with humble eagerness. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, The Return of the King. Building in faith. It says, they called him in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They would not give up, shut up. They would not stop. They were going to serve God. And so what Jesus is saying is you are living in a hostile environment. And just as they have rejected me, they're going to reject you. The world hasn't changed over the centuries, over the millenniums. And as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower in Christ, you set your heart to endure what's around. Now, you're not only to patiently endure, but you're in the midst of that to patiently serve. To patiently serve while we wait for the king. In verses 12 to 13, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them 10 pounds of silver saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. Now there's a difference between this parable and the parable of the talents. In the talents, there was different amounts of resources given. Here, everyone was given the same thing. And what Jesus was emphasizing is everyone has an opportunity to do something. Everyone has an opportunity to make a difference. And so you can't look at someone else and say, well, look, they're so much more gifted than I. They're so much more talented than I. I I can't do anything. No, no, don't do that. All of us have a gift, a talent, a resource that God's given us. Now, you may have an opportunity to go on a missions trip. You may have an opportunity to uh, work in the city of Poughkeepsie, you may have an opportunity to work just in our community here, but use the opportunities, don't waste the opportunities, 
And Jesus expects us to patiently serve and invest for me while I am gone. Now, we've been called into a kingdom, and in that kingdom, the king rules and reigns. And he shows us how to live. Jesus is acknowledged as the king in this story. Because when he went to Jerusalem, they welcomed him in as king on Palm Sunday. When he stood before the religious leaders, they acknowledged him as king. Even on the very cross, they put king of the Jews. He's a king. But he is a king that is unwelcome by a fallen world, a rebellious planet, by people who don't want to follow him, don't want to go after him. And so you have to recognize, all right, I am going to serve him patiently in the midst of a hostile environment. And now sometimes we are hindered by people in the church. Now, that can be a broad uh, picture painted because it was religious people who opposed Jesus. Sometimes religious people oppose the work of God in your life or the call of God or what God is trying to do. But you can't look over your shoulder and say, Lord, because of him, because of her, I'm not going to do anything. Just give me my talent. I'll wrap it up and I'll just put it aside. You can't. No. He wanted you to know that in spite of the circumstances inside the church, outside the church, in your home, outside your home, wherever you may be, don't stop serving the Lord because he's looking for faithfulness in us. As you look at the text, he's saying to his disciples, patiently endure the hostility. Then he's saying, patiently serve. You have to wait Oh, Lord, it's so long. Lord, it's so long. No, just keep on waiting. But God, it's been centuries. He's coming. We don't know when, but he's coming. And someday, as sure as all of us are sitting here, we will be standing before our Lord. That's the truth of God's word. So we wait and we trust that the king is going to return. And we don't get weary and well-doing. It leads to stewardship. And endurance, patiently enduring and patiently serving is a reflection of the responsibility that he has given to you. He has made you a steward. In In verse 15, you see the stewardship of those who serve the king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called his servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what were their profits. Someday, all of us will stand before God. The journey will come to an end. And God will say, okay, I gave you a good mind. I gave you opportunities. I gave you some health. I gave you some resources. How have you used everything that I have given you? Now, Jesus gives an example of three of the ten people. There were ten that he gave, each all the same pound. It was money. It would have been equal to about three months' salary. He gave each of them three months' salary and said, invest this for me. 
You notice, first of all, the reliable stewards. In 1 Corinthians 4.2, Paul tells us, it's required of stewards that they be find, found trustworthy. Can God depend on you? Are you faithful to do what he's asked you to do? Will you come through for him? This idea of faithfulness, of trustworthiness is there. And so the first one comes and uh, he gives a report. In verses 16 to 19. Master, I invested your money, made 10 times the original amount. Wow. He must have worked hard. He must have believed. He must have taken risk. I mean, he multiplied what God had given him 10 times. And here's Jesus' response. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be governor of 10 cities as your reward. What happened is this man made Christ the priority of his life. Christ was the center of his life. Christianity wasn't something peripheral. It was central. Now notice what happens. God takes his faithfulness and said, okay, I'm going to give you 10 cities. Now, you think about 10 pounds isn't that much, but the reward was so much more than what he did in this present world. The rewards that await us are far greater than the sacrifices that we make. Week after week, you bring your tithes and offerings. God sees Week after week, you, you read the word and you pray and you, you endeavor to be a good witness to your family, to your friends. Uh, you, you volunteer and you serve in some ministry. You, you give your time. You say, well, nobody notices. He does. He does. He keeps the records. He keeps the books. He watches. And so what he does is says, okay, you are faithful. Here is 10 cities that you're gonna rule over. Our stewardship doesn't end in this world, it goes to the next worldly. What we do here impacts over there. Some are gonna go into heaven with an incredible, abundant entrance. They're gonna be overwhelmed by the blessing that God gives them and the responsibility to rule and to reign with him forever. Now. Another man comes and um, his report is he took that one pound and he invested it. He said, I've made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. He'll be governor over five cities. We are going to be rewarded in heaven by what we have done here on earth. Some people make the mistake. They think that, okay, I'm going to get to heaven and I accept Christ and that's my fire insurance. They're going to escape hell and get to heaven. Well, you are saved by the blood of the Lamb. You're saved by believing and trusting Christ. But you will be rewarded by your faithfulness, by what you have done with the opportunities that God has given you, how you've used what he's placed in your hand. And you have that example in the next story. It says, there's an unreliable steward, and here's one of them. But the third servant 
brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money. Now notice these words, I kept it safe. I kept it safe. He didn't want to take any risk. He's just going to play it safe. Well, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to upset anybody. You know, or I don't want to, you know, listen, I, 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 I can't do that. And he was afraid of God. He was afraid of the master. Look what the text says. He kept it safe and he was afraid. Now, I don't think in our culture the fear of God is that prevalent. I wish it were. But this man had a wrong view of the fear of God. And notice what Jesus says to him because you are a hard man to deal with taking what isn't yours, this is what he's saying to the master, and harvesting crops you didn't plant, uh, Jesus is going to go and tell him, well, I'm going to judge you by your own words. Your own words are going to determine where you stand. What happens is wrong theology leads to wrong living. It does. Now, in our culture, I would say the big thing is to project on God that he is not only kind and benevolent, but to push it to the place of fault. He never judges sin. He never holds us accountable. He just turns the other way. Like a feeble grandfather who is just so benevolent. That's not what God is like. Now, our culture wants that type of God. Our fallen hearts want that type of God. The culture wants a God that pats them on the back every time they do whatever they want, and there's no such thing as absolutes, no such thing as right or wrong, no such thing as accountability. But that's not reality. That's a God of our own making. That's a God that's created from the fallen hearts of people who have rebelled against him. And that's why the culture is so anti-Christian because they said, listen, only one way to God. Every religion has some truth in it. I can't imagine God sending people to hell. All right. It's not what the Bible says, though. If you want the God of Scripture, if you want the God of Revelation, if you want the God who says, here I am, I am that I am, then you have to adjust your life to his and to what he has said about himself. If we don't, we're going to be in trouble. This man was. He had all sorts of excuses. A man who is good at excuses is never good at anything else. Some people, I don't want to serve in the church because they never acknowledge me. I don't want to serve in the church because of what she said, what he did. Well, you know, no, 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 no. They just ask too much of you. On and on, we could churn out the excuses. And we're so good at them, we believe them. And we feel justified in taking refuges in our excuses. Jeremiah, God speaking through the prophets, said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Paul said, I don't even judge myself. We don't even know our own hearts. 
We are masters at deception, and the greatest deception is self-deception. That's why the psalmist taught us to pray in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. God, reveal myself to myself. Help me to see. Otherwise, we, we lose our way. We make foolish decisions. And here this man, man, he was good at excuses. His wife bought into it. His children bought into it. The church maybe bought into it. Well, you know, I got to play it safe here. You know, I'm not sure how the market's going to go. I'm not sure of this. I'm not sure of that. And, well, what's the outcome? The outcome is this. Listen to these words because this is an eternal principle even though it goes against our culture. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, take the money from the servant, that one pound, and give it to the one who has 10. Master, they said, he already has 10 pounds. Yes, the king replied. And to those who use well what they have are given even more will be given. But from those who do not nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Wow! If you're tight with God, it'll disappear. If you're unwilling to give your time, you're unwilling to give your talent, you're unwilling to give your treasure, it'll be taken. And you will get to heaven, but as by fire person comes through a fire, their house is destroyed, their treasure is destroyed, their car is destroyed. All they have is the singed clothes on their back. And some people are going to walk into heaven like that. They made it. You're there and it's great. It's better than the other place. But no reward. Oh, you played it safe. We can't give our time to the church. We can't give our resources to the kingdom. We can't help others. No, no, no. God, please, recognize the character of God. God knows our hearts so very well. And we will be judged, all of us. And we have to walk with a sense of reverence before him and saying, God, I want to be accountable to you. God, I want to do what's right. God, I don't want to fool myself, deceive myself. And uh, the outcome was um, this man, well, he lost even what he had. But then notice, and this is how the text ends. And I want to end that way. I know it's a downer. I know it is. But let me just read what the text says. The judgment on those who reject the king. Remember the Jews in Israel? We don't want him. We have no king but Caesar. And there are millions and millions and millions of people who are saying, we don't want Jesus in America. You can't even mention his name. It's like a curse word in their ears. They shrivel and run and say, oh, don't bring religion into the... All right. Why? They don't want him to be their king. Here's a text. 
But his people, people in Jerusalem, people that were around, his people hated him. And they sent a delegation after him to say, we do not want him to be our king. What you often encounter is the hearts of people saying, we don't want Jesus to be our king. We don't want to follow him. In 1927, here's Jesus, the Lamb of God who died on the cross for your sins. Here's Jesus, the one who said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's meek and he's humble. Here's Jesus. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. Wow. Doesn't seem like the God that people want to picture him to be. Doesn't seem like it. Yet you look at the book of Revelation. Look at the judgment that comes upon the earth. I mean, you don't even have to go to the end of the Bible. Just go back to the Old Testament. And people say, you know, look at what happened in the Old Testament. I can't believe in a God who sent the Israelites in to slay the Canaanites. Uh, Women and children and men and families. Well, they had committed sin. God owns it all. And guess what? He is the lawmaker. It's his kingdom. You may not agree with him, but that's the way it is. And it's better to adjust our thinking to his than to think that somehow we could live in this bubble that eternity won't burst. It will. It will. This is Paul's words in the book of Thessalonians. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. Someday. We'll be rewarded. Someday. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who do not know God and on those who refuse to obey the gospel, the good news, the euangelion of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will be punished with eternal destruction forever. It's in the book. It's what Jesus said, his disciples said, It's both Old and New Testament. It's what the church has believed for 2,000 years of history since its birth on the day of Pentecost. I believe it. I believe it. Do you? Then let's all together determine to be faithful, to wait for the Lord. Now we wait with a patient endurance, recognizing that our culture is going further and further and further and further away from God, recognizing that we must patiently serve, keeping our hands to the plow, pursuing what God says to each of us to do, recognizing that we are stewards and you can never outgive God, and he's keeping the books. And he will reward according to what we do. So don't look at your brother and sister in church or somewhere else and say, well, they're not doing anything and look how fine it is for them. Payday hasn't come yet. Payday will be someday. And he is the faithful God who will reward everyone who makes sacrifices and serves him. It's 
making sure when you get to the end of the race and you stand before God that you won't go in like a pauper, but you'll go in with an abundant entrance to receive so much from your heavenly Father, so much from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospels are Grand Central Station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.